0: This podcast contains adult language and mature themes, which may not be suitable for all listeners. So listen at your own fucking risk. Hello and welcome to the last bonus episode of series five.
1: This bonus episode is different from all the rest. This doesn't happen during the time jump. Uh this isn't the story of Kashmir. Um instead this is much like the bonus episodes we did in Series 2, where it is me and another player doing a one-on-one session where they kind of like do what they're really good at. Uh, So this is actually a glimpse at Nim's backstory.
0: So for those of you who were desperately wondering what brought Nim back to her home in Seattle, uh, you are about to find out.
1: Uh, Yeah, it's just me and Bree Shoe doing a one-on-one session. Let's go ahead and listen to it. Enjoy. All right. So this is the bonus episode for... Nim, hello. So uh, Nim has a bit of a, a sordid history. Um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Nim's backstory. And then uh, once it makes sense for us to drop in, we'll drop into actual gameplay and play through a session. Um, but let's, let's let's start at the beginning, shall we? Uh, Nim is the daughter of uh, L'Oreal Silverstein and Lawrence Whitmore.
2: Spoilers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll be introduced. L'Oreal and Whitmore um, had worked together a bit when Whitmore was still active in the shadows. Um, and they had a little bit of an affair. It wasn't anything. Super serious, and L'Ariel was like, I'm gonna go now. And so she went back to her home uh, in Tear Taranjir. And uh, then a little bit after that, Lawrence uh, had his accident where he nearly died and um, his back was snapped. uh, And L'Ariel came back uh, to help him as she was adept at healing magic. And then uh, she realized she was pregnant, and they had uh, they had a kid, and that kid was Victoria Silverstein. She proved to be awakened in a very powerful way. Um, specifically, uh, she was a mystic adept with the ability to change her appearance at will. <laughs>
2: Real easy to, uh, to cut school when you can mimic your parents' voices over the phone.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Led to all sorts of problems. Uh, Whitmore was never really uh, built to be a father. Uh, and so he wasn't the greatest of dads. But uh, L'Oreal and her daughter were very, very close. Um, and then uh, while she was still an infant, uh, Lawrence and L'Oreal assembled uh, a team. Uh, that was Bryn, Anna... And Jason growing up, I believe, uh, uh, out of all of them, uh, Bryn was, uh, a really, really good friend to young little Victoria.
2: (laughs) Yeah. You know, that, that bad influence that, you know, sets you in front says, here, go play this, go play this trick on your dad. It'll be funny. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, he
1: was like both the cool uncle and like the like best friend brother at the same time. Um, and so, uh, uh, they got along pretty well. Um, and how old were you when uh jason turned on
2: Nin- 19 19
1: years mm-hmm. old uh at the age of 19 uh victoria had a very very bad day <laughs> um <laughs> the worst uh, day pretty much everyone in that manner had a very bad day uh lariel and anna were murdered by jason black who then fled and uh, uh victoria uh decided um that uh it was Whitmore's fault Uh, Specifically, I believe uh, the the main point of contention, the highlights of that argument that you guys had was that uh, you thought that um, he put his his mission to help other people uh, before uh, helping his family.
2: Yeah. So, yeah, she she was 19 and her mother was brutally murdered by someone she, you know, had grown up with and thought was a friend. And um, when she approached her dad about it, she said, you know, that's. You should have put us first, we should have come first, we're your family, and you know aren't we worth something and and he said no you're you're just like everyone else and that didn't that didn't suit well with Nim because you know she she thought that you know her mother had hadn't been a priority for whitmore and and she never was going to be and um so she decided that that she wasn't going to stick around
1: yeah uh and uh so she left and um Uh, faked her own death and after she was gone Whitmore and Bryn uh, decided to carry along that lie um, and kind of uh, like sweep her existence under the rug as much as possible basically like let that go uh, with the hopes that um, with her abilities to look like anybody um, that uh, she would be safe from Jason Uh, that was five years ago. Um, that's when Jason turned, uh, and, um, uh, Nim went around, uh, went around the world and, uh, lived, uh, uh, a pretty fun life for a bit.
2: Um, Yeah. She, she headed to Greece because Seattle has no son. And what does a (laughs) 19 year old girl want more than to sit on an Island on a beach somewhere and soak up the rays.
1: Yeah. Uh, and she lived a, a life of whimsy for a little while until finally, uh, you know, she's her, she's the daughter of her parents and, uh, she saw, uh, some people in need and thought, you know, well, I could help them. And then, uh, eventually it, it, um, uh, turned into, uh, a, a little bit of a career as like a thief, uh, who uh, she kind of uh robin hooded a bit
2: <laughs> yeah, so she ends up in in Berlin, which you know again a city with a assorted past and um, she she finds a community that helps the homeless as surprising as that is defined in in the universe of corporations and um, so she de- decides to help out and uh, sort of uses her face shape ability to to pretend to be a, a someone who comes and goes, uh, a new person every, you know, six months. Um, yeah. she got set up working, uh, at a, um,
1: a community center for the homeless. Uh, and, uh, that is mostly, uh, kept afloat by, uh, donations, charitable donations. And, uh, Nim uses her, um, her little thefts, uh, to, uh, keep herself just or keep herself with just the bare minimum lifestyle so that she can donate the rest to keep this center going. And, uh, the way she covers herself is, uh, every few months, uh, she'll, you know, move away quote unquote. And then, uh, the community center will get a new hire, which is Nim again in a different, uh, in a different disguise. Uh, it also helps her, uh, keep an eye on certain people who may need special cases for help, uh, so that she can, uh, assist people and maybe, you know, get them out of the homeless life if, uh, if it's an option for them. Um, and in the, uh, Early into her time in Berlin, uh, she made some contacts, uh, with the, uh, anarchist underground in Berlin, uh, seeing as the, uh, the, uh, the city about five years ago used to be split between, uh, an anarchist state and, uh, the, the rest of the city run by the corporations, uh, but in 2072, the, uh, 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 the corporations uh, finally raided the area with little resistance and were able to just wipe wipe out the anarchists. Except for, you know, you can never really stop anarchists from continuing to fight. And uh, so they have a bit of an underground here, a bit of a shadow community. And uh, she got um, in – or she made contact with uh, a gentleman by the name of Wolfram. And uh, he's not only – uh, well connected but he's also a bit of a humanitarian and uh, he, he uh, and Nim saw eye to eye on the whole like you know people have been uh, the down and trodden are, are, are forgotten and, and no one pays attention to them and no one takes care of them and so he, uh, he uh, finds Nim work uh, to pull heists on rich people so as to uh, uh, donate as much to charity as possible Uh, he takes a bit of a larger cut than Nim, but that's because he, you know, has a higher overhead. (laughs) So, uh, just another typical day for you, uh, Nim. Uh, you, uh, you... Starts around noon. Starts around (laughs) noon. You, uh, uh, you go to the soup kitchen. Everyone's like, hey, Phil. Uh, (laughs) Nope. Uh, and, uh, you begin work and, uh, you know day goes, day goes how you, uh, how it would normally go. Uh, and, uh, in the, uh, in the evening time, you basically get a message from Wolfram saying that he's got, uh, he's got a job lined up for you.
2: Oh, great. I didn't think you'd have anything so quickly. Yeah. Uh,
1: during your, during your time at the soup kitchen, you did get a, to smile to yourself a little bit as you saw the news reports of your latest, uh, job, uh, pulling a heist on, uh, on an investment, uh, an investment banker who, uh, was, uh, uh, shortchanging people and skimming off the top. So you felt pretty good stealing money from him. Uh, at this point, your, your escapades, um, have, uh, have, uh, been a little bit romanticized in the, uh, in the news. Uh, they, they call you the Shinderhanes. Um, they don't know who it is, but they know someone has been targeting, uh, uh, some rich people in the past, uh, year or so. Um, and, um, they don't know if it's one person or a group of people. They don't really seem to have any, any leads. Um, but they do feel like it's an organization and they call them the Schinderhane or which is a reference to the German folk folklore equivalent of Robin Hood. Uh, so yeah, you basically, um, over the rest of your shift, you kind of, uh, uh, get the, uh, the data packet from Wolfram with all the intel in it. Um and uh, basically the rundown is uh, the target is a millionaire playboy named Edmund Ziegler who uh, uses his considerable trust fund uh, to throw lavish parties, fund corporate and political movements, and occasionally begin doomed business ventures of his own. Uh, like the one he's throwing a party for at the end of the week, uh, which is a celebration of his latest, latest clothing line <laughs> being released. Uh, so the party is half party and half fashion show. Uh, Ziegler lives in a two story suite that takes up the top two floors of the headquarters of Minotaur business analytics, which is, uh, Ziegler's late families corporation. He is the, uh, the last in the line he has no siblings. He got all the money. He got a majority sharehold in, in, uh, Minotaur, and then he just had wanted nothing to do with it. So, uh, basically, uh, he is still the majority shareholder, but he doesn't touch the business at all. He just profits from it greatly. (laughs) Wolfram also seems to have compiled some of the info on the, uh, on, on the suite specifically, uh, saying that, you know, the bottom floor is where the main event is going to be. Um, that, uh, it's almost laid out like a hotel on the bottom floor. I mean, I say bottom floor, but it's like floor 68 of the building, but the bottom floor of his suite, um, is laid out more or less like a hotel. It has several guest rooms, a large ballroom, a pool, a gym, you know, a bunch of different amenities, uh, making it pretty much the only place people would want to see when they come over anyways. They don't really care about going upstairs. Um, the upper floor is actually where he lives. It's, uh, and, uh, it has a few more guest rooms because he does live up. Like, he does let people up there. Like he only really lets his close friends up there. Um, it also has a pool uh, and uh, a bunch of other amenities too, like a private theater, a private shooting range, that kind of thing. Um, there's a big old list of all the different things it's got going. Uh, one of the cool ones is that the two pools can actually connect, um, uh, through tubes that you can swim up and down. Um, but they're deployable. So, uh, at the party, it will only be, uh, the, the lower pool open, the upper pool will be sealed off. Um, and, uh, the most important thing that's on the second floor is Ziegler's personal safe. <laughs> Wolfram, knowing your, uh, knowing your particular methods has taken the extra time to notate the different types of security around, uh, that you would have to bypass. There is, uh, two, or there are, um, two elevators, uh, that go up, uh, that connect the two suites. Um, there's one on the east side and one on the west side. Uh, both of which are, um, are, uh, that, uh, both of which use handprint scanners, um, For access. Uh, They won't operate without the uh, authorized handprint. Um, And as far as Wolfram knows, uh, only Ziegler, the security, and Ziegler's close friends have access to the elevators. And uh, his connections say that Ziegler's safe uh, is guarded by a biometric lock that uses uh, uh, his breath to unlock. And only he and his lawyer um, have access to it. But... Uh, sources or Wolfram's sources indicate that there's, uh, at least a quarter of a million new yen in just untraceable cred sticks in that safe. Um, so the plan revolves around you, uh, uh, going in to the party, uh, with a fake identity set, set up for you by Wolfram. Uh, you are just... You know, a fashionista. Just one of the other rich, pampered people who like going to fashion shows. Um, and uh uh find a way to get upstairs. Um he does think that Ziegler is not going to go upstairs, except for if you cause a situation up there and he has to go check it out or something like that. Like um he says in the past Ziegler stays the center limelight of the party all the time. He's not known for like leaving the public eye very often when he's like hosting a party. He likes just like being in the center of the room and like grabbing the mic from whoever's hosting whatever event as many times as possible to make an ass of himself. Um, he is, he's expected to be very, very, uh, uh, very much in the public eye the whole time, which will make it particularly difficult for you to get his DNA. But Wolfram suggests that maybe if you get up to the second floor, you can find a, a way to like cause a situation, uh, in his notes actually Wolfram like kind of like says in parentheses, like, I don't know, maybe if you fuck up his room, security will be like someone got in your room and he'll go up to look at it and you can knock him out. Then figure it out. <laughs> He's like, that's, I leave that to you. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, yeah, the, uh, the job is basically show up, find a way into his safe, and then uh leave you can leave the party whenever uh and uh and then uh you know you're clear you're in the clear and you and Wolfram can split your take whenever you guys meet up next
2: hey Wolfram these these friends that that Ziegler has um the ones that you know he he lets into to the second floor um which one of them has the the least kind of amount of money and and prowess.
1: So you want the one that has the least amount of of money?
2: Yeah, you know the the weak sheep, the one the, that The one that's uh hanging out above his above his like yeah. out of his league a little okay. bit. All
1: right. Um that would be Arlo Manale. He knew Ziegler uh from uh high school, private school, I should say <laughs> to be more. Wasn't public. <laughs> um, but yeah, growing up they knew each other. Um, and you know, to anyone else, like Arlo is a very, very, you know, like wealthy person. But whereas, uh, Ziegler is like multi-millionaire, almost billionaire levels of rich, uh, Arlo just like is a solid, like, you know, worth like a solid, like million, (laughs) like his, his family doesn't like own a corporation. They just like are successful wage slaves, um, they actually work within Minotaur, uh, so that's how they, like, knew. Um, that's how, like, their families are connected. Um, so, like, it's kind of like, you know, the the friend uh, from, from, like, when he was a youth that he likes to keep around so that he remembers, you know, how far he's come. <laughs> but, yeah, like, they're good friends. Uh, and uh, Wolfram can't speak to exactly how good their friendship is, but they're always, like, at social functions together, so... He's got that.
2: And he's planning on coming to this party, right? Because it's the event of the season. Oh, yeah. I mean, Arlo is always game for an open bar. <laughs> Great. He'll be at the bar. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know if there's anything in particular you want to achieve. I don't think there's much you can before you get there. Uh, but, you know, you get off work, you can you know suit up, grab, grab all your gear, and uh, you have the, the invitation
2: that Wolfram sent you. What's my name, Wolfram? For um, for Melody Gerard. Does she work for a fashion magazine, or is she just a fashionista that's gotten into this party?
1: Uh, I think Wolfram backed up your identity with, like, a couple blog posts. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Great. I run she, my own fashion blog. Yeah.
1: <laughs> pretty much. Um, yeah. And it's a, it's a pretty thin ID, but no one's going to be, like, verifying it there. You have the invitation. People are going to let you, like go up he just basically like started a blog and backdated some of the posts to make it so if anyone like looked up you like oh let me check out your blog like you could <laughs> there'd be a couple
2: posts um uh, before before i leave i'm going to to go over to vincent at he's a a friend at the at the homeless shelter and be like yo vincent did you see uh you see page three about this new hit on the corpse man this these people got the corpse on the run. Like they're I don't know what they're doing, but it's working.
1: You got that right, Phil. <laughs> uh, it's uh it's always fun seeing uh seeing those that uh that got too much just knocked down a pig.
2: I really like to meet this guy. He seems like I like I'd like to buy him a beer, you know?
1: Yeah, me too. I mean hell. I mean it could be anybody, right? <laughs> it, it could be
2: anybody. You just never know.
1: Yeah. You think that uh, you think that all they're saying about him uh, being a, a Robin Hood type figure? I mean, there's no there's no uh, guarantee that he's not just keeping it for himself.
2: No, but I mean, what's he doing with it? Putting in a, a grand Cayman account? Like, I mean, what do you do with that kind of cash? I mean, yeah, at this point, he's knocked over like eight
1: different people,
2: right? Yeah,
1: you got a point there, Phil. I don't know. It, uh, it's uh, it's the only news worth watching at this point. Everything else is just depressing
2: yeah i mean that's that's the way the world goes but you yo vincent you just you you rocked that interview on on monday all right you, yeah yeah thanks for the loaning me that tie no problem anytime vincent anytime
1: and he, uh, he gives you like a handshake hug and then uh uh
2: we do a, fe- a special uh handshake
1: yeah you guys got your your little your little like oh. slap slap yeah yeah <laughs> and then uh uh he he sees someone else coming up into the uh, into the cafeteria, and he's like, "You got my cheese whiz, boy!"
2: <laughs>
1: and goes running off to to one of his friends.
2: All right, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna head out and go home. You know, it's it's small, but it's home.
1: Yeah, your little studio apartment across the street from the <laughs> community yeah. center. Yeah,
2: you know the biggest item in there is the closet, which is fine.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, cool. And, uh, you, uh, uh, you get your disguise all up and running. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and roll up, a uh, disguise. That's seven hits. Okay, cool. You have a rating seven disguise. You change out of Phil and into, <laughs> uh, melody. And, uh, you show up at, uh, Minotaur Analytics and, um... Fashionably late. <laughs> of course, of course. Party started, uh, doors opened at 8 p.m. You're showing up at, like, 9.30 um, and, uh, 30 minutes before the fashion show starts at 10, uh, people have had, you know, a good, a good, like two hours to booze up. Um, uh, <laughs> and, uh, you walk through the main lobby, uh, which is, you know, lightly guarded. Um, and, uh, you go up to the private elevator or you go like to the pri- uh, the private elevator wing, uh, for like the different apartments. Um, and, uh, uh, you show the security guard there. Your invitation, he pings the, the door and uh, is going to let you up.
2: Hi, my name's Melody Gerard. I run um, My Favorite Skirt fashion blog. Um, you should really read it. Here's one of my cards.
1: Mm, yeah, thanks. He puts it in a pocket. That you know what? I, I
2: love what you've done with your pocket square.
1: <laughs> Uh, ma'am, please, uh, hand, hands off.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't, you know, I, is that, is that Versace? I don't want to, you know, ruin your suit.
1: It's a standard issue.
2: <laughs> well, it looks great. They, they tailored it to fit.
1: All right. Well, uh, uh, let me just go ahead and he reaches in the elevator and presses the button and turns the key and is like, "Yeah, uh, you enjoy the rest of your night, Mr. Rard. Thanks. You too. And uh, you get on the elevator and you go on up and uh, as soon as you uh, get up to the 68th floor elevator opens up and you're uh, you're assaulted with the loud din of the party. There's uh, music blaring um, uh, it is a very very nice uh, suite like I said, uh, it's like this this bottom suite is like, really laid out like a very, very nice hotel. <laughs> um, so you walk into like the main lobby area, but instead of there being like a receptionist desk, there's a bar <laughs> and there's a ton of like, just like lounge chairs and, uh, uh, like seating all up in that area. There's tons of people like sitting there talking, you know, socializing, um, uh, that little wall that has the, the first bar you can see behind leads to like the, the main, like, uh, like center area. Um, which is uh set up. Uh the ballroom is set up to have like a uh uh like stage with uh, runway and seats all around, um and lots and lots of standing room and you definitely see like another bar in there too. Uh and um uh one of the security guards nearby the elevator comes up and he's like, Invitation.
2: Oh yes, uh, my name is Melody Gerard, and with my first skirt fashion, mm-hmm. uh, I, I have a blog. Um, I started doing it about six months ago, yep. and I think it's like really coming along. Here's one of my cards.
1: Okay, well, uh, hands out, uh, Miss Gerard. Oh, have to, oh, uh, yeah. Go ahead and, and he uh, he pats you down. Are you oh. bringing any uh, uh, out of <laughs> not the guards not asking you this, um, but uh, are you bringing any uh, firearms or anything into this uh, party? No. Okay,
2: <laughs> I'm gonna regret that later. No. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cool. So
1: you are you are not armed with anything, and so he pats you down. He's fine. He like checks your purse. You know, any anything else you got in there? Any other gear you See, got? Tampons. Yeah. Uh, it's all it's all easy enough to hide that he's not gonna he's not gonna search very hard. He's mostly just looking to make sure you're not armed with like a gun or a knife or something. Uh, he actually probably wouldn't even care about a knife. <laughs> um, but yeah, he pats you down and uh, and he's like. Alright, um, I didn't know if uh, you wanted to, uh, uh, were you staying in one of the rooms... Down here, or or are you just uh, are you a guest for the night, or are you, are you?
2: Oh no, no, I don't know him that well. I mean, I'd love to. Like, if you can introduce me, uh, set me up, uh, that'd be great. But...
1: Uh, no, no, ma'am, I have to stand here by the door.
2: Yeah, uh, that was a joke. I'm sorry. It was it was a bad joke. <laughs> don't worry about it.
1: Um, well, uh, enjoy the party, Mister Ard. Thanks. And, and the elevator, you know, uh, another elevator opens up, and like some other people, uh, another group of people come out, and like another security guard goes to check them out. Um, yeah, so you got the run of the party.
2: Great. I'm going to head to the bar.
1: All right, cool. Uh, the first bar, uh, the, the reception bar or the ballroom bar?
2: Mm, let's go back to the ballroom bar.
1: Okay, cool. You walk by. Uh, there's You just see tons and tons of people in here. Um, it's it's just a hopping party. Uh, everyone is wearing very, very nice clothes. Uh, and, uh, and you can very easily... Like spot, like the people who are, uh, rich people coming and hanging out and the people who are like fashion, like gurus, like, cause their outfits are a little bit more eccentric and a little more extravagant. Um, and, uh, it's tons of fun. Actually you do see, um, right now, uh, there is a, uh, uh, it, since the fashion show hasn't started yet, as you enter the ballroom, you see that there's, um, cage dancers, uh, uh, floating up above, uh, above everybody, but they're not floating in cages. Actually, they're kind of in a, on like zero grav platforms, um, that are like kind of giving them, uh, a, uh, a, 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 s- a small field of like low grav so they can like do more extravagant dances, like, uh, like flipping upside down and like spinning while upside down in the air before they land back on their platform. Um, and uh uh there's all sorts of like holograms uh uh like and you see everyone's just like running around ha- uh like sprinting around there's tons of people who are already naked like uh uh you know like you see like Two, two guys running and, like, two naked girls, like, chasing them and, like, smacking them with, like, bats, <laughs> or not bats, uh, smacking them with, like, paddles as they run and everyone's having a good laugh, um, and, uh, yeah, there's tons and tons of, like, waiters and waitresses walking around offering people drinks and hors d'oeuvres, and, uh, you walk up to the bar, there's a few other people there, um, you do see, uh, Arlo is there, uh, at the bar, um, you've also have spotted three or four other friends of, uh, Ziegler that were highlighted, and... Sure enough, you see Ziegler. <laughs> he is on the stage. Um, he's currently uh, uh, dancing with a few people on the runway, um, and uh, uh, like trying to get more people to jump up and dance on the runway with him. Uh, and uh, he just like is popping a bottle of champagne, pouring everyone drinks, and uh, uh, he seems to be having a pretty good time. <laughs> um,
2: are there empty seats at this bar, or is it full? Oh yeah,
1: no. There's empty seats. Not that many people are sitting around right now. A lot of people okay. are running around having Is fun.
2: Arlo sitting?
1: Uh, yeah. Arlo is bellied up to the bar. Uh, he has a he has a little snack tray in front of him with a um, uh, with some shrimp. He's eating it and and drinking a cocktail.
2: I'm gonna sit two seats away from him. So there's two empty seats between us. And um, try to try to flag down the bartender.
1: Yeah, it doesn't take long. Uh, she comes up to you. And uh, she's like, what can I get you, hun?"
2: Hi, can I get, um, well, is there a special, is there a house special yeah, well, cocktail? Yeah, I mean,
1: we, we have a drink menu right here. And she uh, presses a couple buttons and uh, a little invitation pops up in your AR display to look at the menu. And uh, you open that up and you see a, a few different specialty cocktails. Um, all of them made with, uh, with top of the line liquor uh, and pretty, pretty extravagant mixology.
2: Oh, you know what? I'll have the flaming orgasm.
1: All right. One flaming orgasm coming up. And she says it really loud. And <laughs> a couple people, like, laugh and cheer. And one we' like, yeah!
0: Yeah!
1: <laughs> and uh, Arlo kind of, like, he does glance over and, like, sees you and, like, smiles and nods. And then, like, goes back
2: to drinking his drink. I'm going to smile and then kind of look away shyly. Okay. Uh,
1: yeah. And you get your drink. Uh, and uh, she's like, you having anything to eat, hun?" Or...
2: No, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, I'm, I'm on a diet. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I had, I had a full meal yesterday and it was just like, I was bloated (laughs) all day. Uh,
1: Yeah. Just let me know if there's anything you need. And, uh, she, uh, goes to refill someone's drink.
2: Thanks. I'm going to glance over at, at Arlo. Is he, is he looking at me?
1: Uh, at the moment, no, he's finishing up his shrimp, but I mean, like, if you're going to try and make some eyes, uh, to try and get his attention without like overtly getting his attention. Yeah. I'm
2: just going to glance over often enough that when he does look over, I'm definitely looking and then I look away.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. So it seems like you're trying to kind of coax him into talking to you. Let's go ahead and roll, uh, some con.
2: Six hits. Your,
1: your little ploy works. He, uh, he notices you looking at him, look away. And then like next time you, you glance his way, he's like, kind of like he smiles a little bit. Uh, he finishes up his shrimp, uh, slides it, uh, across the table. Uh, he stands up, you know, grabs his drink and, uh, comes over towards you. Arlo is wearing, um, a very, very fine, uh, uh, pinstripe suit, open collar. Um, you can see, uh, a little like neck tattoo on the left side of his neck. Um, he's got his ears pierced. Um, and, uh, his, uh, his like hair is up in like a really like, uh, like a little bit aggressive faux hawk. <laughs> um, and he comes up to me and he's like, name's Arlo.
2: Hi. Hi. I'm, I'm Melody.
1: Nice to meet you Melody. How do you uh how do you know our fine host?
2: Oh, I I Ziegler? I no I don't. I'm not, you know, I'm not anybody, but um I run a, a fashion blog. Uh I started it 6 months ago.
1: Hmm. Ah, so you're here for the show.
2: Yeah, well, it's all kind of a show, isn't it? How do you mean? Oh, you know, I mean Ziegler, he's such a presenter. He's kind of always out there.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I can I can see that. So uh this your first time here? Y- yeah. Yeah? Oh, right. that's, 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 that's nice that you got, uh, got an invitation. Uh, how, how'd you get one?
2: So I've got this friend who, he, he works for Vogue, and um, I just begged him. Yeah, well, okay, that's not very flattering, but, you know, truth be told, I begged him because I, I just really had to see uh, Mark's Zamboni, the, the fashion designer, headlining.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: so he, he helped me get a ticket. But don't tell anyone, Okay.
1: Nah, your secret's safe with me. (laughs) Uh, He grins and uh, sits down next to you. And uh, uh, he's like, "Uh, uh, you pack a swimsuit? There's a really nice pool nearby here. Oh, man, there's a pool? Oh, yeah. Ed's got uh, all sorts of stuff packed into this suite. You know, this uh, this is the ground floor. He has an upstairs, too.
2: I thought this was the penthouse.
1: No, yeah, this is a two-part penthouse. You could call it. Oh man. Uh, yeah, I mean, down that way, he points down like a hallway at the other end of the ballroom. He's like, down that way, you got the, you got the, uh, um, you got the pool. Uh, you got the uh, the gaming center down there. Uh, he's got a personal theater upstairs. He's got another pool upstairs. The guys, uh, the guys' taste is a little extravagant, to be honest, but uh, sure makes for a nice place to party.
2: Right? I mean, you wouldn't want all of this, but it's nice to have a have a friend who has it.
1: Yeah, you're not wrong. He uh, takes a drink and he's, uh, uh... So, uh, uh, you know, you don't need a swimsuit to go in the pool. And he grins.
2: You're not telling me you're here alone, are you? A man like you. Ah, uh, no, I mean, I'm here all the time. Uh, I'm a
1: pretty good friend of Ed's. We've known each other for a long time.
2: Yeah, but surely you must have a wife or girlfriend, something...
1: Uh, and he goes, lucky, lucky for you. No. And he raises up his hand, shakes it around. No, that is lucky for me. He, uh, he sits in, like puts his hand on your, on your, uh, on your thigh, starts invading your personal space a little bit. Um, uh, he's like, you know, we got, uh, we got 30 minutes before the, um, uh, before the show starts.
2: Oh, well, um, which way did you say the pool was? Let me show you. And he presents you his arm. Great. I'm going to actually hold his hand.
1: Uh Aha! Yeah, so you hold his hand, Uh, and uh, uh, he he uh, starts walking around, and uh, he's like, "Yeah, I'll give you the tour." And he uh, starts uh, walking around and pointing shit out, uh, giving you the kind of area. He's like, you know, pretty much like quickly making his way to the pool, but also like pointing out other aspects of the uh uh of the area and like other places you could go and he's he also points out like you know all these rooms are are rentable if you want uh and they have uh they have uh handprint locks on each of them all you gotta do is is ask one of the security guards and they'll they'll set it so only you and whoever else you set up uh can get in he's like so you know if you if you need some alone time and he grins and winks uh and uh
2: I'm going to delay as much as possible All right. while I'm, so I'm going to be like, oh, what's this over here? Oh, man. And just kind of like pull them around and be like, oh, look at that. Wow. Oh, my God. This place is amazing.
1: Uh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, let's see how long you can <laughs> you can waste this guy's time. Yeah. Um, uh, let's go ahead and roll negotiate. OK. Uh, how many hits? Six. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you, uh, you managed to, uh, to, uh, delay him a little way, uh, a little while. Uh, it takes you what probably normally would have been about like a, uh, like two minute walk of like a quick tour followed by pool time, uh, turns into about a five minute, uh, uh, journey, uh, as you guys finally get to the pool hall. He goes, and here we are. And, uh, there's tons of people here. Some of them wearing swimsuits, some of them not. Um, it is a really, really large pool. And it's actually uh, – uh, the, the the pool is on uh, one of the sides of the building and extends out beyond the, the windows. The whole wall there in the pool room is glass uh, and has been retracted so that it, like, opens up to the night sky. It's a nice night in Berlin. And um, – Uh, just, uh, uh, like the pool overhangs over the edge of the, uh, uh, edge of the building about like 20, uh, 20 feet. And you have a bunch of people who are, uh, who are like sitting there like in swimsuits, like hanging outside the building in the pool, looking down through the glass floor of the building to like, you know have that experience and there's like, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people run around in here having fun.
2: Um, so while we were, while we were walking around and I was delaying, mm-hmm. um, I was using the handhold to, um, to mimesis, osmosis, his, <laughs> um, his fingerprints.
1: All right. Um, so you're, brain. are you're using both osmosis and mimic or just mimic mimic is, uh, as fingerprints and stuff, um, fingerprints and retinal scans. Right. Osmosis is DNA.
2: I think I did the osmosis. Sure. I would also like to, at some point, sense him to to see his aura.
1: Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll a sensing. Six hits. All right. Uh, you go to uh, a sense, and uh, you see plenty of other people in this party are uh, awakened. You can just notice, uh, and there's a couple other people who are sensing as you are sensing, and uh, you know, so they kind of light up a little bit b- uh, brighter. Um, you do see, like, you know, as you're walking through one of the rooms of sensing him, like, you see, like, there's a, a, a like, a sleight of hand entertainer who is also a magician. Um, and he's doing, like, little, like, uh, you know, making entertainment phantasms and stuff for people. Uh, and he seems to be, like, doing impersonations and so on, uh, like, putting up different phantasms over his face and uh, people are getting a laugh out of it. Uh, Arlo has an okay amount of cyberware. Um, not, not like a significant amount, but you do see that like he has, uh, he has like an implanted image link and, uh, an implanted com link. Um, uh, he has, uh, an RFID tag in his hand and, um, his, uh, his mood is very happy. He's a little buzzed. Uh, (laughs) and you know, uh, you know that he's, uh, uh, that, uh, he's also pretty horny. Um, uh, and, uh. But he's, when I say he's buzzed, it's definitely not just alcohol. You can tell that he's been he's been imbibing in some uh, some drugs, recreational drugs, perhaps. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, he's not awakened. And you do see, you do mark at least whatever guards are around in that area. Uh, you do you are able to like notice which ones of them are awakened. And uh, yeah, he's like, "Well, here we are. You want to take a dip?
2: Yeah. Oh man, this looks great. Wow, look at that view." Um I do need to run to the little ladies room. Um drinks go right through me. I'm sorry, that was too much information, but I I will be right back. It's just around the corner, right? Uh yeah,
1: he 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 goes, "Yeah, right back there." Um yeah, and you can uh, you can leave your clothes. Uh uh, uh we can we can uh, get this party really started.
2: Oh, well.
1: And uh and uh he starts like undoing his pants and to jump into the water with people and you can go running off.
2: I'm running off, running, <laughs> running off. <laughs>
1: uh, before you do, he does go in for a kiss.
2: Sure. I'll and, give him a kiss. He gives
1: you a little sloppy kiss and squeezes, and squeezes your butt Oof. and then, and then, uh, and then starts undoing his pants as you walk away in a way that hopefully doesn't indicate that you're trying to get as far away from this man as possible.
2: <laughs> I saunter.
1: Uh, and you're not too far from, uh, one of the elevators. Oh great, um because uh, you have made it to the other side of the um of the area, basically, the elevators coming up from the lobby are centrally located. There's an east side and like a west side to this building, uh, each of which have another bank of elevators to lead up to the second part of the suite
2: um Are there any guards uh near the elevators? Um, who's in the hallway around the elevator? uh
1: there are some guards um and there's people walking around uh So yeah, it's, it's not like it's squirreled away and out of sight.
2: Okay. I'm going to actually go to the bathroom. Sure. And, um, I'm going to go into a, uh, they're single bathrooms, right? Yep. Great. I'm going to go in the bathroom. Uh, I would like to, uh, change my face to look like Arlo. Sure. And, uh, mask my aura. Okay. So it looks like I'm mundane. Uh, And then I'd like to cast fashion on my clothes to as closely replicate what he was wearing. All right.
1: I'm going to need first a uh, fashion roll. Uh, Go ahead and and roll that spell up. What force are you casting that at? Force four. Okay. I got four. Got four hits. All right. Uh, Yeah, you make a pretty damn good replica. Um, This dress that you're wearing uh, uh, splits... And starts wrapping itself around you, um, uh, reforming itself to make, uh, a similar outfit to what was, uh, what Arlo was wearing pretty much dead on. Uh, you even get like the good cuts, uh, uh, needed for like, you know, the wing, the wings of his like lapel. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then you, uh. Uh, I need a disguise kit now, or I need a disguise roll now to see how well you can make yourself look like Arlo.
2: Four hits again.
1: Four hits. All right. Uh, so yeah, you, uh, uh, you also use your fashion to kind of like pad, uh, the, uh, uh, pad like the shoulders to make yourself seem a little like broader, um, Uh, You can also like, you know, pump up your shoes a little bit, make yourself a little taller. uh, And then you uh, you look in the mirror and you start shaping your face uh, using your adapt power to do so. Your uh, your your facial shape changes, your skin color changes, uh, your hair shortens and goes up into that kind of aggressive uh, faux hawk. Um and uh, you uh are able to like you know reach into your uh, uh purse like you're know, and like grab like some like some earrings to kind of match a little bit like what he's got. They're not like perfect, but they're pretty good. Uh, you know, no one would really look. Cause, yeah, I mean, dude's got to own more than just that pair of earrings, right? <laughs> um, so you find some like basic uh masculine earrings to like put up in there that, that like more or less match. You have them in the right spot at least. Uh, and uh, and you you do uh, use your melanin control and some makeup to. Uh, recreate the uh, neck tattoo that he has. Uh, so yeah, you have a pretty decent uh, disguise. Uh, you, you're, you you know, it's a little imperfect. Uh, you feel like you should probably like, you know, go on the matrix and like look at a bunch of tattoos to try and like figure out ex- and like practice like making fake tattoos on yourself. You're like, maybe I should work on that. But I, like,
2: I pop my collar. Nice,
1: <laughs> just to cover it up a little more. I like it. Um, cool. Uh, so... And I add a
2: fake, uh, a fake kiss stain, lipstick stain on my neck.
1: Ooh.
2: I resist all of the drain.
1: Cool. You're all set. Uh, after casting your spell, you feel no fatigue and you are able to, uh, uh, continue on looking like Arlo. This guy's a chump. Doesn't take much to look like a chump. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Great. So I will saunter out of the bathroom, um, with a bit of like a, uh, tipsy swagger. Sure. Um, and, and head towards the elevator and kind of nod, nod, wave to the guard. Mm-hmm. Hey, uh,
1: go ahead and give me an impersonation roll. See if you can match, uh, match his body language. Um, and if you, uh, if you vocalize, you know, you you have your, your voice control power. So like you're able to, you know, maybe sound like him.
2: That's five hits.
1: Uh, you, you kind of like saunter and like, like A to the guard. And, uh, uh, he just kind of like nods to you and keeps watching people as they're walking around. Doesn't seem to take much stock of you as you walk up and place your hand on the, uh, scanner. So, uh, you have a rating five, uh, mimic of his handprint. So I need you to roll 10 dice for me.
2: Not bad. Five hits.
1: Yeah, uh, you press your hand on the uh, on the scanner, and uh, it it scans, and then like it like scans up, scans down, and the little like swirly icon for a while as it processing, and then it's like unexpected error, retrying, scans up, scans down, bing, shk, and the elevator door opens up.
2: I will saunter into the elevator.
1: Cool. You do. You can uh, press the button to go up. And uh, you make it upstairs.
2: Once I step out of the elevator, I'd like to ascend and see if there is anything magical nearby or anyone that is ascensing.
1: Uh Yeah, uh, go ahead and ascend. Two hits. Uh, so you step out. There is a, a, a guard in that hallway. Um, it, he doesn't seem to be like... Posted as much. Uh, it's also way quieter up here. Um, super super quiet. Um, you don't hear voices or anything like that. Uh, one guard looks and sees you, and like he like or he he does like look at you and like you know looks at you for a second, like kind of squints and sees it's you, and like uh, and like continues on his way without talking. Um, he was down at the end of the hall, uh, and you did get a look at him. He was not awakened. Uh, he's got cyberware linked into his nervous system. Uh, he's got si- some uh, some brainware. Yeah, he's he's not like Super kitted out, like heavily, but he's definitely got some wear on him. Uh, as far as his, uh, as far as his, um, his mental state and emotional state, uh, he's calm, bored, maybe. Uh, it seems like he's just kind of doing, doing some rounds, and uh, he walks around the corner after he assesses that you are, in fact, Arlo. Uh, you don't see any spirits hanging out. You don't see. Um, an excessive amount of mana barriers. You do you do see that like uh, you and from the ground floor, you were able to see that like most of the suite does have like mana barriers uh, built into the walls, like permanent mana barriers. So it would be hard to uh, to uh, uh, actually project through these walls.
2: All right. So once the guard goes around the corner, I'd like to cast uh, spatial sense.
1: Okay. Go ahead. Uh, what force are you casting that at? I'm
2: gonna cast that at force four. Okay. I got two hits.
1: Yeah, you uh, you kind of close your eyes for a second and uh. uh while they're closed, you, uh, cast a spell and like in your head, like a map starts being almost like drawn as you, uh, become aware of the layout of this, uh, of this building, at least as far as, uh, as like 40 meters from you, you can see where the, the hallways r- wind around. You can see around them. You notice that there's like room, you can see the rooms within that range. You can see like the, the room that the, or the hall that the guy just turned down to your left, uh, opens up into like probably like some kind of like living room space or something like that it's like a larger room with like a tall ceiling uh and then like uh, continues down like another hall uh at the end of that room uh and then to your right is like just like a hallway that turns into another hallway and there's like some rooms in there
2: so i'm going to head away from the living room space and down the hallway um that that kind of had more rooms attached to it sure
1: sure uh as you're walking down there you get the your your mental map seems to move with you uh uh writing itself more as you uh, as you with every step you take and uh you turn that corner you get to see there's like a hallway that leads down um some of these rooms are like laid out like you probably think they're like you know guest rooms there's like a bathroom nearby uh it's pretty large it's got a big tub you can feel um, uh, and, um, uh, a little bit further down, uh, like there's a big open room, like a, a pretty large room. Uh, and, uh, beyond that, the hallway continues. Um, and, uh, when I say a pretty large room, I mean like theater sized. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, the hallway continues down. Um, as you're walking by, uh, you, or as you turn into that hallway, you do see another guard. Uh, he seems to be coming out of that larger room. Uh, he comes by, he sees you evening, Mr. Manale. Hey, he, uh, starts walking by you and he's like, can I help you with anything?
2: Oh, I just, you know, left something up here the other week. I was, you know, coming to grab it for, you know, it's a little, little something for the party.
1: All right. Good evening then. And then he walks by you and keeps going. Uh, doesn't, doesn't make any more small talk beyond that uh and uh yeah, you can keep heading on uh you do like to there's there's uh you do identify like that that room's a bathroom, these two seem like guest rooms uh they're large, they're nice, they're not like discountable guest rooms they they could be master bedrooms in their own right, but uh because of their close proximity to each other, you think like these probably aren't his like they don't seem. Like, they seem like almost uniform in their in their like uh in their aesthetic so you're like this isn't his room uh and you can keep going uh, as you pass by that really really big room the door was left open by the guard you can see it is in fact uh his in-house theater
2: okay i was going to ask if i knew whether his theater was upstairs or downstairs but yeah. okay
1: uh and um uh it's it can seat like 60 people it seems like uh it's got a, a big huge trideo projector um And, uh, yeah, you can keep heading on.
2: Yeah, I'm going to keep going down that hallway.
1: Cool. Eventually it becomes uh, central. You actually realize that it connects to the hallway that connects to the living room area that the other guard was. And you do see that guard again as he's walking by you. He doesn't seem to, like, take much mind to you. He's, like, you know, he, like, makes a, like, polite, like, nod and then keeps walking. Uh, these guys also are openly carrying um uh, submachine guns, you can see. They're just, like, casually slung over their shoulders. Um, and, uh, and those two hallways connect and then lead into another hallway. Um, and there you, um, as you're walking down that hallway, uh, you're, you see that it like, uh, it goes to a larger area, which mimics the area below it. You're pretty sure you've made it to the pool area. Um, but that's further down the hall, uh, right in the center of this area of this hallway, uh, is a pretty large room that doesn't seem to have any other rooms attached to it. And also has like an inter, uh, and also has a smaller room within it, uh, which you assume is like a private bathroom. Uh, you can kind of feel out like the, the alcove that would be like the shower and stuff like that. So you're pretty sure you found the master bedroom.
2: (laughs) Are there any guards in the hall right now? No. All right. I will try to open that door. Is it locked? Uh, it is not. Great. I'm going to go into this room
1: cool you walk in it is a huge room uh, it's got like a giant king size bed uh, right in the center of it um, uh, and uh, it does like have an open door that you can see like leads into like a large tiled bathroom with like a, a freestanding like shower in the center of it uh, and like a bathtub like uh, off to the side uh, beautiful marble um, uh, you walk in and the lights actually turn on for you uh, and, uh, uh, a record player kicks on and the needle like touches down on uh, on an actual like record and like some like very, at a very like calming level of volume, uh, a little bit of opera starts playing.
2: I'm going to go ahead and trust Wolfram and as quietly as possible, I want to turn over the room. So, you know... Rip the sheets off the bed, mm-hmm. um, pull the curtains down if there are curtains, or, or rip the blinds. I'm trying to make as little sound as possible. Um, so probably not breaking a whole bunch of things, but just making it look like his room has been gone through. Okay. And specifically not touching the painting or whatever the, the safe is hidden behind. Sure. Uh,
1: go ahead and roll sneaking. Uh, do so at a plus three. Uh, because, uh, you are inside a room and the guards are, you know, wandering around and they're not like actively like listening for you, tearing stuff up.
2: (laughs) That's four hits.
1: Uh, yeah. You close the door quietly behind you and you get to work. You start, uh, start rummaging around the room, tearing it up, uh, messing with it. Uh, and, uh, you, uh, you at one point like hear footsteps out in the hallway and you stop and the footsteps don't seem faltered at all, and they keep going and you keep, you keep working, you get the place nice and nice and messed up.
2: I would like to, to wait until I hear footsteps. Not They don't have to be close to the door, but in that hallway. Sure. And then I'm going to burst out of the door.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah, you, you do that. You pop out of the door. Roll edge for me. Two hits. It's the guard that was f- somewhat pleasant with you.
2: What the frag is this? Uh,
1: I'm sorry. What's the problem? What? Yeah, He instinctively, like, clutches his, like, his gun. He doesn't, like, raise it or anything. He's not going to, like, point it at you or anything. But he's, like, he's, like, ready to, like, unholster it or unsling it if he has to.
2: You mean you, someone got up here, got past all of you guys, ransacked Ed's room, and none of you even noticed? Well, I,
1: uh, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about. You've got to be he,
2: kidding he, me! He runs up and he looks
1: into the uh, he looks into the um, bedroom and he, and he goes, Ah, oh, "Frag, uh, hold on one second. And then it's like, Shh, uh, "Guys, I mean, have you seen any activity up here?" And one person's like, "I saw uh, Manale up here a couple of minutes ago." And it's like, Shh, "All right, uh, we might have a, do a sweep, guys. There might be someone else up here." Shh. Was there anyone in the elevator with you when you came up, Mister Manale? No.
2: Don't you guys have that on your video feeds? come on
1: Shh, uh, uh Kevin go ahead and uh, uh uh loop back the camera see who may have been entering the room Shh. he's like uh I'm, I'm really sorry Mr Manale uh he asks uh when did you discover it um like did you see it did you see or hear anything uh does it look like anything's missing stuff like that
2: um I don't know what Ed keeps in his room at any point in time. It definitely looks like someone might have taken something uh I, I couldn't find the stuff that I came up here to find, which is
1: not a big deal. But uh, like a, a couple minutes pass as you're as you're explaining all this. And then uh, uh, there's like on the radio. It's like, uh, yeah, the only person we saw going in that room was uh, Mr. Manale. Uh, he went in there about four minutes ago. Ksh, were you looking for something in Ed's room before you reported this to us, Mr. Manale?
2: OK, look, we got a special import the other week. And I gave some to Ed, you know, to, to try out. And, uh, you know, I brought it up. And he said that I could come grab some. So that's what I was looking for. It's not, it's not stuff you'd want getting around. So I wanted to make sure that it was gone before I came and found you numbskulls that somehow let someone get into this room.
1: And they, uh, they sit there for a second. And then they're like, Mr. Manali, did you, did you do this? Do you
2: want to rephrase that?
1: Uh, I'm sorry, Ms. Rinaldi. It's just uh, you said you were looking for something in his room. The room's overturned. It's it's just...
2: I would think you were carefully in there for... about what you're implying before you can finish that sentence.
1: Uh, go ahead and roll intimidate.
2: I'm going to edge that. Okay
1: that's six. Hits. Uh I'm 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 very very sorry Mr. Manale. Uh w- we'll get to the bottom of this. Uh we're just, we're just going to have to call Mr. Ziegler up.
2: Yeah, I don't know why you haven't called him yet.
1: Uh and uh, he taps a couple buttons in his uh in his AR display and then he touches his ear. And there's like a pause. He goes, "Uh Mr. Ziegler, it's Kaufman. Yeah, uh there seems to be a, a situation upstairs. Someone uh was in your room." Uh, we're trying to get to the bottom of that right now, sir. I have my men looking around. Um, uh, it was uh, Mr. Manale who discovered it. Uh, yes, sir. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's you, you should come take a look. Make sure nothing's missing. I know. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, we'll, we will attempt to do so, sir. Yes. I understand. Of course. My men are on it.
2: I'm going to sigh and take out a flask and start unscrewing the top and take a sip.
1: And the, uh, uh, he stands there and he goes, how,
2: uh, how are the kids? Kaufman, come on, seriously? I mean... I know you're a good guy, and I'll vouch for you with that. I will, but the other guys around here, you need, you, you need a better patrol. They need to step up their game. This is frankly unacceptable.
1: Uh, you, you got that right, sir. I'm going to figure out, uh, what went wrong and make sure it never happens again. And, uh, minute or two passes and, uh, you, uh, you hear a commotion in the, uh, down the, from down the hall. It's like, ladies, 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 go ahead and, uh, take a seat right over there. There is a little bar behind that lovely Oak countertop. Yet, yeah, Just go. Uh, the, uh, the TV comes out of the floor. Just clap your hand twice. Meyer, Meyer, He's, and you hear like finger snap. He's like, uh, see to these ladies. Make sure they're, uh, they're, they're well taken care of. And then uh, uh, you hear footsteps approaching. And walking down the hallway is Edmund Ziegler. He, he walks right up and he goes, Arlo, what the hell?
2: Hey, Ed, uh, look, can we talk in private for a moment?
1: Yeah, so uh, he looks you up and down and he goes, Kaufman, go see to your men.
2: I want to pull Kaufman aside. So that Ed can hear it and be like, give us at least 15 minutes. I'll try to smooth this other, over with him and save your ass, but no promises.
1: Uh, all due respect, sir. I did my job. And, uh, he kind of like shrugs his shoulder off and like, like looking at you, like you changed, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and goes, and goes walking off. Uh, and he, as he does, he grabs his radio and he's like, Shh, how about a status report guys? Come on, uh, drag your feet out there and, uh, goes around the corner and, um, you turn and, and Ziegler, Ziegler's looking at you and he's like, you look like shit. How drunk are you? <laughs> Says you. He's like, I look fucking fabulous. What, what, what's going on here? The, the, did, you, did you fucking do this? He walks in. He's like, this place is torn to shit. He's now in the bedroom looking around. Well,
2: you know, if I did it, there would be at least six chicks in here. Right. And none of them would have their clothes on. It's like, well, he
1: like sniffs. And he, <laughs> he goes, yeah. Uh, what, what, what the hell? Like.
2: Yeah, the worst part, you don't even want to see what you got to see what they did to the bathroom. Just like look, look,
1: Uh, let's go ahead and roll con at this point. (laughs) Oh, uh, but you can definitely take a plus two to it because the place looks like shit. (laughs) Seven hits. Oh, the bathroom. And uh, he goes walking into the bathroom looking around. Uh, I don't know what you did in there, but...
2: (laughs) I did nothing in the bathroom. As soon as he enters the doorway, I want to touch the back of his neck and cast punch at force 12, but I'm going to use reagents to set the limit to five. Okay. I got four hits. Uh, yeah. Uh,
1: he goes, Oh no, the bathroom. And as he's walking in, you, you know, put a friendly hand on the back of his like neck as you're like guiding him into the bathroom. And there's a surge of magical energy through your aura into his, uh, racking him with, uh, with this like offensive, uh, like flush of, uh, of mana. And, um, he like mid step, just like flies forward due to the kinetic energy of it and like skids on the uh marble floor and just like bumps up against uh a, against like the freestanding like platform that is like the shower in the center and uh uh he is out cold. And there's like a little bit of a blood streak from like his nose bleeding a little bit.
2: <laughs> I'm gonna make sure that he's still breathing. He is. And then go and lock the door. Sure. To not to the bathroom but to the room. Mm-hmm And then um, come back in. Did Wolfram tell me what rating the safe was?
1: No. uh, He just knew that it was there. Uh, Basically, like, a friend of a friend of a friend knows the lawyer who, like, heard that there was a safe and stuff like that. So, like.
2: Oh, Wolfram doesn't
1: know where the safe is? No. In the room? No, he doesn't know exactly where it is in the room. But uh, roll a perception test for me. I mean, you were just in the room for a few minutes there tearing it up. It's possible you just found it.
2: That's five hits.
1: Yeah, you found it. It was behind the record player. Great. Like behind the record player, but above it, uh, there was like a, there's like a painting there and you just, you like went to go move it and it didn't like want to like turn crooked and you realized uh, you could slide it up and the safe was there.
2: Uh, I will go back into the bathroom and touch his neck like I'm getting his pulse. Yeah. And I will use my osmosis to uh, steal his DNA.
1: Sure. You sit there in a position i guess in case anyone pokes their head in <laughs>
2: yeah and i'm i'm listening for any footsteps mm-hmm.
1: uh,
2: you have to like kind
1: of sit there awkwardly like for 3 very very tense minutes where it's just silent and you're just begging not to hear anything uh, and then you hear some footsteps and then you're like did you check over there? no oh, let's go over there and they and they <sighs> keep moving around and you're just sitting there fingers on them and after three minutes, you uh, you have a rating six uh, replica of his DNA that you can uh, that you can project to any sensors.
2: Great! Uh, I am going to uh, go back over to the safe mm-hmm. and uh, use my breath to to open up the safe.
1: All right, uh, you lean forward. <sighs> go ahead and roll twelve dice for me.
2: That's five hits.
1: It just goes bing.
2: And unlocks for you, no problems great. Uh, there's a nice gleaming pile of cred sticks in there, right? uh
1: and in the in the safe uh you see uh like a passport, a gun, um some drugs, and a platinum cred stick.
2: okay, I'm going to take just the platinum cred stick, sure and close the safe back up mm-hmm. and put the cover back down, so it looks like still looks like it hasn't been touched.
1: Sure. So, uh, and you close it and, uh, yeah, you got the platinum credit stick. You check it. It's got tw- uh, 250,000 new yen on it.
2: Great. Uh, I'm going to go back into the bathroom okay, and take a look at Ziegler. Mm-hmm. And I would like to, uh, use my face, ship, face shift to look like Ziegler.
1: Sure. Uh, go ahead and roll the skies for me. I'll give you a plus two because he's right there.
2: I'm going to use my last point of edge. Okay. That's five hits.
1: You've made a rating five disguise as you make yourself look like Ziegler. Uh, Are you also changing your attire to match what he's wearing?
2: Yes. I'm going to also, I'm going to cast fashion at force five. Okay. I got five hits. Exactly. It's my limit.
1: Perfect. That puts you at four net hits as you're shaping your your face uh, and changing your hair so that you look like uh, Ziegler. Uh, getting that kind of like short black hair that he has. Uh, you you your jaw becomes like more wide set. You uh, get a little bit of a cleft chin, and you notice that he has like a very very subtle scar uh, that's like kind of like almost star shaped underneath one of his eyes, uh, and uh, and you manage to mimic that as well. And then, uh, as you're, as you're doing all of that, uh, you, uh, cast fashion and your clothing, uh, shifts, uh, away from the, uh, uh, the suit that Arlo is wearing, uh, and into a, um, a kind of open chested, uh, like silk button up, uh, with the sleeves rolled up, uh, leaving little like bangles around your wrist, Um, and, uh, the pants changing and then you get like the loafers, uh, that he's wearing and then you reach down, you grab his sunglasses and put them on you, uh, his like lightly tinted sunglasses. And then, and then with your disguise kit, you manage to like, you know, put some really quick prosthetics on the part of your chest that is exposed to make it look like his chest. Uh, and, uh, and then like, you know, you pad the rest of your, your outfit. So you look like you're about the same size as him. And, uh, yeah. Um, you're, uh, you're looking, you're looking pretty good. Uh, go ahead and resist drain for fashion. I will take three. Ooh, so you're up to five stun. Uh, as you finish it, uh, you step up and like, there's like this sharp pain up your back. Uh, and you had to fall down to your knee to like catch yourself and like catch your breath as, uh, as the mana lashes back at you. Uh, and, uh, and, oh man, you're feeling pretty rough now. You are at a minus one. To uh, all tests. I
2: hate these mana headaches. It's a uh, that like
1: that like sharp pain that starts at like the base of your head, right where it connects to, like the spinal cord, and it's just kind of like this throbbing uh, like needle that pokes upwards.
2: It's like alcohol, man. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. That just hits you. With the face. <laughs> so I will, having taken his sunglasses, I will uh, turn the lock on the inside while the door's still open of the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And leave the bathroom and close it behind me so it's locked. Sure. With him in there. Uh, And then I am going to go to the door of the uh, bedroom and unlock it and open it up and walk out. Uh, Are there any guards around? Uh,
1: Not immediately, but uh, uh, pretty shortly after you enter the hallway, like, um, Kaufman comes around the corner uh, to give you a report. Uh, He walks out. He goes, "Uh, Mr. Ziegler. Kaufman? I, I honestly, I'm not, I'm not seeing anyone else. There's no sign that anyone uh, was up here but Mr. Manale.
2: You know, I'm going to put a hand on his shoulder. Kaufman, let me let, let you in on a secret. Arlo is tripped out of his mind. It was definitely him. Uh, I don't know what he said to get you to believe that it wasn't him. I appreciate you, you know, giving him the benefit of the doubt. But it, it was definitely him. He's passed out in the bathroom. Uh, so if you can, you know, clean that up at some point, that'd be great. And just send him a bill. Uh, nothing's gone. It's fine. He was trying to be a rock star cause it's Arlo and that's what he it does. It's pathetic. Uh, but you know, gotta keep him around. Uh,
1: all right. So first I need an impersonation from you and then I need, uh, a con roll. Uh, your impersonation is going to be at a minus two. Uh, because you don't actually know that much about Ziegler. Like, you heard him talking and, like, shouting and stuff and, uh, and like, there, in, in Wolfram's packet he did have, like, a couple, like, public, like, recordings of him so, like, you could kind of, like, get his voice right. But you, you don't know much about, like, how this guy's mannerisms work and stuff like that so it's a little bit harder for you to impersonate him.
2: That's nine hits.
1: <laughs> uh, now roll con for me.
2: Also nine hits. I do a very good Ziegler.
1: Yeah. Being a a very, very adept at uh, impersonating, you are able to glean a lot about a person's personality just by seeing a little bit about them. Uh, And so you have like a pretty good idea, you know, Uh, like how uh, Ziegler would talk, how he would do, like the hand on the shoulder. You feel like he would be a little handsy, a little touchy feely. He nods. He's like, all right, well, do we do we need to get him out of here or do you just want to leave him in the bathroom for now? Or,
2: I mean, give him a half hour, 45 minutes, check on him, make sure he's not dead and then get him out.
1: Uh, yes, sir. Of course, sir.
2: Kaufman, you're a good guy. I'm glad I got to have you around, Kaufman.
1: Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
2: All right, I got to get back. There's some uh, some foxy chicks down there waiting for me.
1: Yeah, uh, they also have the four waiting in the in the living room, too. They've been asking for you.
2: Oh, great, great. Yeah, they're,
1: get, they're getting a little handsy with Lang. <laughs> Maybe
2: I should just let him enjoy them.
1: He grins. <laughs> He's a very, very generous of you, sir.
2: <laughs> All right, Kaufman. You know, uh, when you get off, there's head to the bars. I'll, I'll leave something for you.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it.
2: And uh, sauntered back down towards the elevator, not right. stopping at the living room.
1: Cool. Uh, yeah, you get to the living room, or you get to the elevator, you still have a little bit of time left on your fingerprints to, uh, <laughs> to, um, potentially fool this, uh, elevator into letting you onto the second or, uh, onto the lower level of the suite. Uh, I need you to roll, uh, 12 dice for me. Two hits. Yeah. You, uh, <laughs> you press your hand up to it and it goes, Ging, error.
2: Is there a guard nearby? Yeah. Or is Kaufman uh, the closest guard?
1: Kaufman's not the closest guard.
2: Uh...
1: Uh, Kaufman went off, uh, towards the pool area as you walked on, probably to talk to some guys, but yeah, there is, there is a guard, uh, uh, he's actually down. You can see him. He's like kind of watching into the living room, uh, and he's like laughing a little bit and you hear like the girls like laughing, like, come on, you're so big and strong. Uh, and, uh, some other guy being like, well, I mean, you know, I do bench blah, 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 blah. Hey, yeah, that, but then there's yeah, there is one guard just kind of like laughing and watching it and he's like kind of like, "Man, that's fucking crazy."
2: Hey, Jake. James. Uh Jeremy? You gar- Hey.
1: Uh it's uh it's Myers, sir. And, ah. he, and he comes up to you.
2: Uh sorry about that, Myers. You know, I had had a couple. Um did uh did you guys let Arlo break the the frag and elevator? Uh I'm sorry. Uh the elevator just not. Just, look, I'll put my hand on it again. Ding. Error. The elevator's not working.
1: Uh, go ahead and roll con for me. Four hits. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. And he, he puts his hand on the, uh, on the elevator uh, and it scans. And he goes, bing. He goes, oh, this... I'll have someone look into it.
2: Thanks, Jared. You do that. I'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, and he, uh, he kind of looks a little confused. And you walk in and an elevator door is closed behind you.
2: And there are video cameras in this elevator, right?
1: This elevator, yes.
2: I will ride down to the first floor. Cool. Well, the the first pen, the first penthouse
1: floor. <laughs> yeah, uh, you lower down, uh, and yeah, you uh, you get into the party.
2: All right, I'm gonna stop back off by my favorite bathroom.
1: Okay, uh, roll sneaking for me. See if uh, see if you can avoid your adoring fans, Mister Ziegler. <laughs> Luckily, the bathroom is not too far. Four hits. You step out. And you very quickly, hurriedly make your way towards the bathroom. As you do, uh, you get to the uh, you get to the door and the door opens up out steps. Uh, large gentleman. He's wearing like a he's wearing like a, a tank top. Um, and uh, he goes, Eddie, Hank, what? No, it's Frank. <laughs>
2: I know. I'm just fucking with you. Come on.
1: Oh, he like, he like uh, Give
2: me a pity laugh or something, Frank. He's like, of
1: course, of course. Yeah. Everyone's been wondering. The fashion show's about to start. Usually you'd be up there uh, getting the crowd razzed up. What's going on?
2: Yeah, I mean, I had to take care of some business, if you know what I mean. Uh, go ahead and roll a con. Let's see if uh, you can blow
1: this guy off.
2: That's ten hits. Oh, Jesus. <laughs>
1: yeah, he, he goes... <laughs> Uh, he goes. How many little things? <laughs>
2: um, uh, two, three, three four. Whew. Four.
1: Well, uh, and he like kind of looks over now and he's like, "Are you?" Uh, and he points towards the bathroom.
2: <laughs> you gotta, you gotta clean up, man. Afterwards, it's only sanitary. He's like, "Oh God, uh, I was gonna give you a high
1: five, but I'll just move out of your way." <laughs> hey, hey. Uh, yeah, and he like steps out of the way, and uh, he's like, "I'll see you at the show," and he, uh, he starts heading towards the, um, uh, towards the ballroom.
2: Great. I will duck it in the bathroom, close the door, and lock it. Sure. And I will uh, go D- ahead and... Re-
1: re-don your Melody yes. disguise?
2: Okay. Sink back into Melody.
1: And then uh, uh, fashion up again?
2: Yes. Fashion Fashion back into Melody's dress.
1: Okay. Uh, go ahead and roll fashion. What force are you casting it at?
2: Four. Okay. Four hits.
1: Cool. You get three. It's not as... It's not... You were pretty sure... That you got the dress about right, but, uh, it seems it's like different, but you kind of figure no one will notice. <laughs> You're like, I can't remember if, if there were like three stitches here and like four buttons here or what, And was, were there, was it this length or that length? I don't know. It's close enough. <laughs> you, your headache is really throbbing.
2: <laughs> Great. I'm going to, um, put this cred stick in my purse, um, down like I have a special bag in my purse for Mm -hmm. my my lady tampons and my pads. Yep. (laughs) And I put it in at the bottom of that bag so all the tampons are on top, zip that bag, and put that bag in my purse. Sure.
1: Yeah, no problem doing that.
2: And you step out of the bathroom? I step out of the bathroom. Cool.
1: Yeah, you can hear uh, the crowd seems really centrally located around the ballroom area. Um, and when you walk down that way, uh, cause it is the way towards the main elevator hub. Uh, it's just packed. There's tons of people sitting around and like, and like, uh, s- a ton of people standing around. Uh, you get the full scope of how many people are really at this party and there's still like tons of people. You can hear like people coming from like, like voices coming from the pool room. Uh, and you like can see people walking around the hall a little bit. People who aren't like necessarily interested in being like waiting for the best seat for the fashion show. So like. Uh, but even still, uh, you have to like shove through the crowd to get, uh, back to the, uh, to the main elevators. And, uh, as you do, if that's where you're going, um, yeah, I'm headed towards, towards that main elevator bank. Um, as you, uh, as you're heading towards that main elevator bank, uh, uh, someone else kind of pops out of the crowd at the same time you do. Um, uh, it's an elf woman. Uh, she, uh, uh, as far as fashion goes, very stale, (laughs) Uh, not like super like bad, but just compared to everyone else, she seems like almost business dressed. Um, and, uh, she, uh, she has a pair of, uh, uh, spectacles, uh, on and, um, uh, her hair is pulled back kind of like in a messy bun ponytail. Um, and, uh, she's like, uh, she's like kind of grabbing or She gets up ahead of you. Um, and like, she, uh, she's like, I have a purse. Yes. Thank you. Uh, and, uh, you you get to the elevator, uh, and she steps up behind you. Uh, and, uh, the guard, you know, presses the button and the, and the elevator is coming up and you guys are kind of standing there and she seems to be rummaging around in her, in her, uh, in her bag. And you see her pull out like a, a notepad, uh, and, um, uh, like a pen. And then she's standing there.
2: Are you, do you, do you have a blog as well? What? Do, do you have a blog? I see your little notepad. It's cute. So you should, you know, like you could you could have like a better pen, like a, you know, like some sparkles.
1: No. What? Uh, hi. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. I'm a I'm a journalist. Uh, Grace Rhodes, and she like uh, extends a hand to shake your hand.
2: Oh, hi. My name is is Melody Gerard. I've I've a blog called My Favorite Skirt. It's a fashion blog.
1: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good Here, for you, Melody. Wait, here's my card. Okay. And yeah. she takes the card and like, without really looking at it, like puts it in like, uh in like her jacket and she goes, well, that's, that's great. Um, are you, are you not staying for the fashion show then if you have a fashion blog?
2: Oh, I mean, I am, but you know, no one really cares about the first like half an hour of any fashion show. I mean, that's not who you want to see. Right. I mean
1: the elevator opens up uh and she uh steps onto it and you step onto it with her uh the guard presses the button turns the key the elevator starts going down and she goes well i don't you might want to just hang out and watch the boring part uh seems like there's something brewing downstairs
2: what oh what's what's going on downstairs
1: well and she like looks around as if <laughs> there's something around uh she does mark the like Uh, uh, the camera that's up there uh, in the elevator Uh, she goes well one of my sources says that there's a night errant raid uh, getting ready uh, downstairs apparently somewhere in the building
2: Shinderhana's Show what? what is that a new designer? Do you designer? watch the news? I mean, I watch you know E, uh, TMZ. Was he on TMZ? No, no, he's he's a a a, th- a thief, a
1: high stakes thief. Apparently, he's targeting this uh, this building tonight. Probably in the party somewhere. But the knight errant apparently have a, uh, got a tip that he's going to be here. So I'm going to go down and I'm going to talk to the police chief until he tells me what's going on.
2: Well, um, that's, I mean, you go with your like lady balls, like getting the story, you know, girl power and all that stuff. Yeah, you should totally do that.
1: Apparently the source, uh, knows what Shinderhane looks like.
2: Oh, Really? Uh, you you must have some good sources. That's like a journal thing, journalist thing, right? Where you're like, you know, like can't reveal my sources. Like, who's your source? Yeah, I can't reveal my sources. Well, come on, I'm not like I'm. I run a <laughs> fashion blog. I'm not going to talk about your source.
1: Roll roll negotiation at a minus three for journalist <laughs> integrity.
2: <laughs> That's two hits.
1: Look, I'm not going to tell you who my source is, please, but. I can tell you that uh, that this thief has made a lot of enemies in Berlin. Ones uh, ones with uh, high pay grades. People close to the police, people close to the corpse. There's lots of people who want his head.
2: So your source is like talking to the police downstairs and it's going to like just like finger this guy? I mean, like what are they going to do? Just like nab him?
1: I, I don't know. That's when I'm going down there to find out.
2: Okay. Well, you know, that's your your job is awesome. I mean, I know fashion is awesome, but... It sounds like, you know, like you have a really exciting job. So I'm excited for you. Cool. Uh,
1: you're getting down to like floor 12 now, about to make it to the, uh, the lobby downstairs. Bing! Shh! And uh, she goes walking out into the lobby. Um, and um, you look out into the lobby. It seems like everything is fine. Uh, there's not, like, a battalion of cops sitting in the lobby. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh, the same the same receptionist is there. The same security guard is manning the elevator.
2: So it's just a flat, open lobby, right? No coves, or they don't have public bathrooms down at this level. You'd have to go, like, into the building.
1: That's correct. Okay. The only cove currently is the elevator that you're in, which, I mean, like, the guard has his back to you.
2: So uh, the elevator's door is open. I'm going to... All right, so I'm going to pull out um, Ziegler's nice big sunglasses Mm -hmm. and put them on. My hair is ruffled and down. Uh, I am going to button my jacket closed over my dress. Sure. And I am going to stride confidently towards the exit. Okay.
1: You start walking down the lobby, your feet echoing in the lobby as you pass by the receptionist. She goes, have a nice evening. Huh, you do uh, you get to the door you open it up uh, the the um uh, grace has already made it out there and uh you see her on like the sidewalk she's uh, she's got her phone uh or she's got her comm link up to her ear and uh, she seems to be like talking uh, like a little fervently um and uh you step out and you walk into the uh into the street next to her. And like the moment you get onto the sidewalk, uh, you see cars starting to come from either side of the street, cop cars, and they're moving with speed, uh, towards you and the lights light up and, uh, two drones come down from the sky, uh, shining a light on you, uh, and a voice rings out as, um, Stay where you are. Hands where we can see them. You're under arrest. And uh, Grace turns and sees you, and like her eyes go wide, and she immediately like, "What the fuck?" And like hangs up, and like starts like getting ready to record on her on her phone uh, and like on her comlink, and is like stepping back away from you. Uh, and uh, what do you do?
2: How big is the building? So like, how far away are the alleys to either side of the building?
1: So this is a pretty a pretty big building. Um, you're in kind of like near downtown Berlin. There's alleys on either side of it. the The main area where you are right now is like elevated slightly. Uh, basically, there's like the street proper is like another fifteen feet ahead of you because there's like a turn off where like cars can turn in and park in front of this building and offload people and then turn out and get back on the main road. Uh, and to your left is like a parking garage. Uh, where they uh, uh, were like a valet parking garage there. And then to beyond that parking garage, there's an uh, an alleyway. And then to your right is an alleyway that's a little bit closer. That's like the side of the building.
2: So there's like not a lot of people around Um, that are just kind of hanging on the streets?
1: Well, yeah. So there's like a couple people walking around on the streets. Not Mm -hmm. like a lot because it's, you know, it's in the evening. Um, But like this road that the cops are zooming down to get to has obviously been blocked off because there's no traffic going either way on it.
2: Okay. I'd like to cast physical barrier. Okay. So I want to make basically just kind of like an, like an L shape or kind of a, a, an arc as I head towards the garage, stopping anyone from, you know, driving or, you know, the drones if I can from heading straight towards me, uh, basically like making it so they would have to come around to where I was. And...
1: Uh, sure. So roll, um, uh, what force are you casting uh, physical barrier at? Right?
2: I'm gonna cast it force five. Okay. That's three hits. So um, I'm yeah, I'm gonna cover the distance. I just want to arc it from the far end of the parking garage back towards me, um, so I can kind of run inside of it and hopefully it'll you know take them a little bit further to to get around. If I can, I'd like to, I can even like since I've got an extra couple of meters, I can wrap it around to the building so. Putting the parking garage and I inside of a bubble.
1: Yeah, I get you. Um, so you start running and immediately the drones open fire. Right. Um, but you got the barrier up. Uh, so they go, do, 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 And you are just sprinting, booking it. Uh, you, the only person inside this bubble with you is Grace Rhodes, who's like filming you on her comlink as you're running. And, and uh, she like ducks at the sound of the gunfire. Uh, go ahead and resist drain for your physical barrier.
2: I resist all of the drain
1: the adrenaline hits you you still have that sharp pain stabbing you in the back of your head from the from the other uh ba- uh backlash from spell casting you had but this one you just brush it right off it doesn't it doesn't bother you take a glance over your shoulder as you're running you see the uh uh the drones are uh, should be hitting you. They're like following you perfectly, uh, uh, but their uh, their bullets uh, hit the physical barrier, and you notice that they're uh, they're shooting stick and shock rounds. So you see like the gel slap onto your barrier and like zap, and it has like no effect on your barrier whatsoever. Uh, and you make it to the to the garage. And you see like valet guys. They heard the gunshots. They're like ah, and they like they like jump uh, they like jump for cover and like shut like the the gatehouse, uh, and uh, you can run underneath the little like arm uh, between. The- the gatehouse and the wall, uh, and start running into the parking garage.
2: Yeah. So basically, what I want to do is duck behind uh, a car, kind of the closest row of cars, and slap on a stim patch.
1: Okay. That. Yeah. You do that. Uh, you heal up temporarily uh, all of your stun. You slap on the stim patch, and there's just like the instant relief uh, of that jabbing feeling in the back of your neck just like disappear, and yeah, uh, you know, you have an hour before that go- that goes away. <laughs>
2: So I would like to uh shapeshift into a familiar sin George Kaplan
1: okay with my face sure uh yeah you uh uh you do that um go ahead and roll the
2: that's seven hits
1: yeah you uh you shapeshift into uh George Kaplan, MD, large, not necessarily balding, but thinning hair, th- slightly thinning hair, uh, salt and pepper, uh, like gray and black hair. He's got like a round face, bags under his eyes. Uh, he's currently wearing a jacket and a skirt and a blouse. <laughs> so he looks a little strange as his uh, as his hairy legs stick out and his like grody feet look weird in the in the shoes.
2: Is this a valet only garage? Yes. Okay. Um, I would like to cast fashion to remake my clothes into a valet uniform. Um, I caught a glimpse of the valets, wasn't great, but I'm going to work with what I got. Sure. What force are you casting it at? Force one, but use reagents to set the limit to six. Sure. That's two hits.
1: Well, uh, you got one hit. Um, so yeah, you, um, shift the, uh, uh, the fabric around, um, and it, uh, it, Sticks onto you, but not greatly. Uh, it's like basically you've made a single piece like for both the, the vest and the shirt. Uh, but it looks like a vest like from like down like away, you would look like one of the valet guys, but like up close, like the name tag, the buttons, it's all one dimension, it's all like two dimensional. It's there's no separate pieces here you have a top and a bottom and they look like a painted uniform
2: (laughs) okay i'm going to um pull the cred stick out of the purse sure and hide it on my person okay and then i am going to kind of skip the purse under the next couple of cars so hopefully it lands like under the fifth car away from me sure are there elevators into the lobby from the garage
1: uh, you don't know you got dropped off, right? So you're not sure. It's it's. There's probably elevators or a door that leads into the lobby. But
2: I'm gonna head further into the garage. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like maybe I get on like halfway up the ramp to the second floor and just kind of like hide behind an, an escalade. Sure. Uh, roll sneaking for me. That's two hits for sneaking.
1: Okay. Uh, there's a commotion you hear, uh, you hear people shouting and, uh, you feel as your physical barrier gets, uh, broken down, find out, find them, go, 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 get the civvies out, process them, uh, and, um, uh, you hear dogs barking. And, uh, you hear, uh, dogs barking as, uh, approaching and footsteps approaching. And then, uh, uh, dogs bark in your direction. And they're like, there's someone back there. And they're like, show yourself.
2: Oh, don't shoot. Don't, don't, don't shoot me. Uh,
1: and, uh, go ahead and roll con
2: for me. Six hits.
1: They, uh, the flashlights are shining on you. They kind of like drop down so that you can see the people. Uh and there's uh there's two cops there, one handling the dog, one with a with a rifle. Uh and uh you see drones zip by behind them. Uh and they're like,
2: "What's your name?" "Hey, George, George? George? My 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 name's my name's George." "George, you seen one come through here?" Yeah, I was a a woman, she was running. I which I, way did she go? "George. She, she went she, she went into the garage. I think she was going for the staircase." And they're like, "Find out, find out." She's moving towards the staircase. Get
1: some men inside. Uh, and they uh, they go running. And then uh, as they're running, the guy with the rifle is like, get
2: out of here. Go back to the front. Uh, okay, okay. Uh, sergeant uh, will process you. Okay. You... George runs towards the exit frantically. Cool.
1: Okay. As you turn to where the valet booth is and where all the cops are, you see they've set up, like, a perimeter there. They got they got ca- uh, cars blocking it out, and they're, they're talking to the, uh, like, valet guys there. Uh, and, like, each one of them, are, they're, like, scanning the sin on each one of them and checking each one of them.
2: All right, I will. I will uh, sneak over um, past the cars, like using the cars kind of as cover, mm-hmm. uh, to try to to make my way to where I think there might be a valet uniform.
1: Sure. Uh, so you sneak up behind the valet stand, hoping that the cops uh, miss you as you move towards the uh, what is probably like the valet locker room or, or break room or both. You're not sure. You just saw a couple valet guys dart in there when you came running through. Uh so go ahead and roll sneaking for me.
2: That's six hits.
1: Uh lucky for you the cops seem distracted. Uh and um one dog barks as you get there and they're like some lights shine your way, but you're like kind of ducked behind the uh valet booth. And they go back, all right, all right. So, so you saw a run through, all right, blah, blah, and, then, and then someone's like, like why are you even asking these questions? You know she's going to change. And it's like, well, I know that, but like, we have to process it. All right, everyone, sin's, sins active, sins active. Let me check those sins. And uh, yeah, you, uh, you open up that door and slip in. Uh, it is in fact both a break room and a locker room. Uh, there's like a little entry area that has like a table, uh, and like a little coffee machine. And then like the back wall has some lockers.
2: Uh, I'm going to go and, uh, see if any of the lockers are open. Sure.
1: Uh, roll a perception test for me. Five hits. You start looking around, uh, uh, the lockers and you see, uh, around the bend, basically there's like the line of lockers and then there's the the table room and then there's like a little like uh alcove uh and in that alcove is like a bathroom and in that bathroom is a window
2: great i am going to cast fashion Mm -hmm. to change into uh some street clothes for george sure and i'm going to cast it again at, at force one use reagents to set the limit to six sure that's four hits
1: okay Uh, yeah. Uh, you make some very basic street clothes, just like a t-shirt and jeans with like a jacket and that's it. Nothing fancy, very basic, no brand names. Uh, you're in a hurry.
2: (laughs) Great. So once that's done, I'm going to, uh, go ahead and pop open that window, Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, glance around real quick. Uh, are there a ton of video cameras in this break room as well?
1: Uh, no, not in the break room.
2: In that case, I will go ahead and uh, climb out that window.
1: Sure. Uh, you do that. Um, on your way, you, you are able to, like, from there, like, you know, you're know, you near an alley. You duck in there. And you, uh, uh, on your way, as you're leaving, like, the block, basically, like, the cops have this whole place shut down. And you do run into a checkpoint. Uh, and uh, there's, like, a, you know, you see a couple ahead of you that's being processed. They walk up. And you see, like, they're like, sins. Sit there for a second. And they're like, all right, you're clear. Go. And so you walk up and they shine a light on your face. They're like, what's your name? Uh, Dr. George Kaplan. All right, Dr. Uh, sin.
2: Here, there you go.
1: And you, uh, you, you know, you're broadcasting your sin. You flick it over to him. Uh, and, and, uh, I need you to roll your sins rating times two. That's two hits. <laughs> it still works. <laughs> I rolled shit. Uh, yeah, they, uh, uh, they sit there and they're looking at it and they go, "All right, what's your business in the neighborhood, Mister Kaplan?"
2: Uh, I was uh, doing a home visit for a a patient. What what's going on? Is is there something I need to be concerned about?
1: Uh, go ahead and roll con for me.
2: That's six hits. Whew. Uh,
1: as you're saying this, he shines a light in your face, and uh, he he. As you ask the question, he lowers the light and. Uh, 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 seems to, like, relax a little bit. And he's like, "Uh, nothing nothing. you need to be concerned about, Mr. Kaplan. Please, move along.
2: Thank you, sir. Have a good night.
1: Uh, And, uh, yeah, you are home free. You made it out. You can call a cab, go wherever you want to go, do whatever you want to do. Is there anything else you do this evening? Are you going to go meet up with Rufrum and split the take?
2: (laughs) So what I'm going to do is (laughs) I am... Going to take a cab to a hotel that I'm booking as, as I get in the cab. Like a, just a cheap motel somewhere mm-hmm. yep. uh, on the edge of town. Uh, and I am going to uh, change. Uh, once I get in the, the motel, I'm going to, ch- or once I get out of the cab before I get in the motel, I'm going to go into an alleyway, change my face again. Mm-hmm. So keep the same clothes, but not look like George. Sure. Um, and then Go into the to the motel room.
1: Sure, yeah. About the time when you get like checked into the motel room and everything, you gotta you gotta pass out. The stim patch wears off. You gotta nap. Uh, so you fall asleep uh, and you wake up uh, the next morning pretty early. And what do you do?
2: Uh, I would like to set up a uh, donation. I wanna I wanna set up a payment. From one of my fake accounts, sure, uh, to the homeless shelter, okay, uh, in the sum of uh, two hundred twenty-five thousand, sure, New Yen, uh, and set it to pay tomorrow, okay, uh, and then I would like to pull out a burner phone and dial Wolfram's number.
1: All right, you pull out a meta link, you punch in Wolfram's number, rings a couple times, and it picks up.
2: What the frag? Oh, uh, uh, uh,
1: Nim, Nim, are you, uh,
2: am uh, I in jail? No. Is that what you're trying I was, to ask?
1: I was wondering. I, I hear, would think you would know. I didn't hear back from you. What, what happened? You tell
2: me, Wolfram.
1: Look, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, you didn't, you didn't come and meet up with me. What's, what's, what's going on? There was, there seemed to be some activity on the neighborhood there. Uh, why don't you just, uh, tell me what's going on? Uh, go ahead and roll, um, if you want to tell that if he's lying or not, uh, you roll con to see if he's lying. You resist a con with con.
2: That's four hits.
1: Yeah. Uh, you are pretty sure that he's bullshitting you, and you're also pretty sure that he's trying to make you blabble, uh, blather on so that uh, he can trace the call.
2: You're trying to bulldrack a bulldrecker, Wolfram. I think we both know exactly what went down. I don't, I don't understand why. I don't understand. We've been working together for, for years. And what, you've been working for the corpse this whole time?
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, let, me, let me shoot straight with you for a second, Liebchen. No, I, I haven't been working with the corpse this whole time. Everything I told you was true. But honestly, come on. We ruffled a few feathers. They, they made their way back around to me. And at a certain point, you have to ask yourself, what's more important? Your mission or yourself? I know for me it was a very, very easy answer.
2: You're, you're one person. What about the people we were helping? Hundreds of people. Y- you did all of this because of some money? Because you wanted 200,000 Nu Yen? 250,000? What are you going to do with that?
1: What do you expect me to do? Throw myself on the sword? Let the corpse take me in? Not give them someone else? No, I'm going to look out for myself. I got to take care of me. Yeah, sure. The people we help are important. But think about it. If I'm not a- even around, What am I going to do? I'm looking out for me first, then taking care of everyone else.
2: Yeah, I've heard that line before. Well, you know, Wolfram, you take care of yourself. You're going to need to. I'm going to hang up the phone.
1: Uh, Yeah, you're pretty sure he got your location, but you you can break the phone and get the fuck out of there.
2: Before before I break the phone, I would like to have recorded that conversation.
1: You went in there under suspicion that he betrayed you, so I'm going to allow it.
2: Uh, and, uh, I would like to go ahead and send that out from, from the meta link. I would like to send that to every number that I can remember at the homeless shelter. Sure. Uh, and then smash the phone and, uh, change my face one more time and, and head out.
1: Okay. Yeah. You, uh, you hop in a cab, you can relocate to wherever you want. Uh, and then I believe, uh, uh, at this point, um, you start having some, some thoughts at home, I believe.
2: (laughs) Yeah. That, um, definitely, um, reminded me of, uh, the fight with my father. Um, you know, you hate it when your parents are right about stuff, but sometimes they are. (laughs) And, uh, and the, the person that he reminded me of was me and, that doesn't feel good at all. So I, uh, I, as I'm kind of laying low, trying to, to not draw suspicion, um, I kind of, you know, like pick up a meta link and like think about, think about calling my father. Um, and then I, uh, I decide that I, I don't exactly know how to word it or phrase it, and I'm afraid of what he's gonna say. So I kind of put it back down again.
1: Yeah, and you uh, you keep yourself busy and distracted from those thoughts for the next uh, couple weeks as you make your way out of uh, Berlin uh, and um, start relocating yourself. Not sure exactly where you're going, but knowing you want to get away from Berlin just in case. Around that time, uh, uh, you think maybe the heat might come off of you just a little bit uh, when Zurich Orbital crashes <laughs> to Earth uh, during a massive uh, terrorist attack on uh, on the mega corporations. Um, and uh, you you get quite the chill down your spine uh, because the uh, uh, the broadcast that went worldwide on all the news networks. Uh, before Zurich Orbital came down uh, was from a crazy person wearing a motorcycle helmet who referred to himself as Hellion. And you know that to be the street name of uh, Jason Black, the man who murdered your mother. And you kind of have to sit there probably in shock for a little while in that hotel room with that like kind of hitting you. And then, just hours after that broadcast, Zurich Orbital crashes to the ground and everything's just chaotic, and you don't know what to do. And you think, maybe now it's time. I have to call, like, I have to call Bryn. I have to call my dad. I, this, is a, this is too important. And then there's a little, like, side broadcast about, like, the deaths that have happened due to Havoc 66 it's listing off all the different, uh, all the different people who were, uh, assassinated now being confirmed, being assassinated. Uh, Michelle, Re- Michelle way, barley tar, Hugo Padilla. Um, and, uh, uh, then, a, a list of people who have died since who are, uh, uh, influential and, uh, influential to the corpse. And, um, on that list, you see, uh, Lawrence Whitmore listed as, uh, deceased. Um, and you suddenly realize that, uh, you're too late. Your father is dead. And you don't know exactly what went down, but you know you have to get back to
2: Seattle. <laughs> it's time to go home.
1: Yep. And it's going to be a long and arduous journey because uh, you used up most of your money getting out of Berlin, and uh, it's, going to be, uh, it's going to be difficult with, uh, with the corpse looking out for you uh, before you can fully uh, uh, shake your tail <laughs> uh, and, uh, and make sure you can go back to Seattle with a clean slate make sure you don't have to look over your shoulder when you get there and uh, yeah that's where we'll end this and we'll, we'll pick up your story in episode one or we already did as far as the listeners are concerned
0: <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by ENPC Productions all rights reserved the Essential NPCs podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, sponsored, or specifically approved by the Tops Company Incorporated. Shadowrun is a trademark of the Tops Company Incorporated. All rights reserved. Go to www.shadowruntabletop.com for more information.